Hi, it's Angela Poon from Strive Stronger, and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, bite-sized edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. In this bite-sized podcast from episode 10, Kerwin Ray explains how he adjusted his entire company to stay productive during COVID lockdowns, and how having a robust social media strategy and presence helped him and his team adapt. Now, what I found astounding was how quickly and how proactive they were in responding prior to the government even recognizing there was an issue, and the importance of having access to good data, what he calls intelligence information to inform decisions. As an operations director for a small business, although we were nowhere near as proactive as Cohen and his team, I look back at the time we had to backflip and appreciate how much hard work our team put in to create this scalable business that we have now. And although I never want to go through anything like it again, I do see this period as a period of accelerated learning and growth for which I am thankful for. Life constantly throws us curveballs and I think the important thing is how you choose to respond, which can make the difference from feeling out of control to in control, which is certainly what Cohen and his team did when the pandemic first hit. We've all had the conversations about fear, anxiety, working from home, leading remote and all that stuff. Uh, so I don't want to drill down into that today. If people want that, you've got sure. loads of content. We'll give in the show Thanks. notes where to find Kerwin. <laughs> How can you not find Kerwin? Like, you know, and I should have said this at the start. Disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this on the video cast, if you're listening, you might need to dial it down to half. Okay, this guy moves fast. <laughs> he talks fast. <laughs> but you and did move I'm fast. On your device, I'm now going to follow you on Facebook. I guarantee yeah. you that. So. <laughs> you, you moved really fast with COVID. You were at Darling oh, yes, Harbour. yes, in that respect, yeah. yeah. And you moved really quickly. Yep. So set the scene for us how you relocated your business and you ended up in Byron Bay like that. Yeah, look, um, a lot of preparation. I'm someone who's natu- who naturally gathers a lot of data. I love, and because one of the things I've been able to correlate, the more data I have, the more intuitive I am. And so for me, I like to just consume a lot of, and I can consume, you know, if I'm, been, if I'm on the road, if I'm traveling, I can consume six to, six to seven to eight hours a day of just data, you know, different sites, information sites, news sites, blogs. And so, and this is great in context here because COVID came on my radar January 4, because I was traveling to New York uh, around that time. Uh, and it was January 15th that I put in my first order. I rang my PA from um, January 18th. I rang my EA from New York and I said, listen, you need to order 200 masks. No, I sent her a text message saying, oh, order 200 masks. And then I, I rang her later that night as I was about to um, uh, to go to dinner. I said, have you ordered those 200 masks? She said, no, no, not yet. I'll get around to it next week. And I was like, are you kidding me? Do not f- around. You need to get these 200 masks and you need to order them tonight before you go home. Now, setting the scene, I was about to go on the road for 30 days and I was going to do 30 planes in 30 planes in 30 days in about two weeks time. And so I had seen what was happening in China. I knew at this point, you know, 18th of January, China shut down. And I'm talking about this on video. I'm like, why is no one talking about China shut down right now? There's going to be a massive economic impact on this. There's going to be a massive production impact on this. There's going to, this is going to create a shit show because everyone ships out of China. And now and money's coming out of China. everything shut down in China. And I'm like, why the fuck is no one talking about this? And then t- January 24, I land in Sydney and it was January 25 and 26. We had our planning and we created our first buyer threat security response plan. And so then I go on the road for 30 days and I'm everywhere I go in all capital cities. I'm like, why is no one talking about this COVID? You know, China shut down. Look at what's going on in Spain right now. You, everyone's going to need to wake up. There's, there's going to be lockdowns coming. You guys need to get your shit together. And so I was on the road for 30 days. And this is in February preaching uh and no one everyone's like oh yeah okay okay and then it wasn't until march we were in the middle of an event we had 380 people in the grand ballroom at star city 
and government was still two weeks away from two and a half, three weeks away from shutdown. And I knew at that point, I'm, I'm going to be a super spreader at this event if someone's got it, because I'm going to get hugged by these people at least three or four times. Two days in, I'd asked them not to socially connect, but they kept doing it, you know, because Victoria. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to make the call. I'm going to shut the event down, but here's what we're going to do. We are going to put all of you in your hotel rooms and we're going to turn this room into a broadcast studio. And we did that now in 46 minutes. So we completed the delivery of the entire event. We had another two and a half days to deliver, but we put everyone in their hotel rooms. We took everything virtual, dinners virtual, fucking everything, everything virtual, breakouts, masterminds, you name it, the whole kit and caboodle. And so our clients are like, holy crap. Not only did they, have they been getting the rhetoric to prepare, then they got to, got to source adapt. I won't use the word pivot. You know, in the middle of an event, they got to see the video of how I explained it to my team. They got to see the actual how we explained it to them. Um, and so by that point, I think by Sunday, by the time the event finished, it's still like 12th of March or 13th of March or something. I just said to the team, right, okay, I'm taking the executive team up to Byron Bay. We've got everyone remote. We made the decision that everyone was going to go remote on Thursday. I think it was like, 4.50 and everyone was remote by 5 p.m. the next day. And this is before government had done the shutdown as well. So, so yeah, two, we were two about things. seven Yeah, seven two weeks things ahead. there. Before we go on to the next thing, I want to just rewind, sure. back this truck up. To go broadcast and set up an event centre and have everyone in their rooms, it's it's very funny, right? Everyone's gone to this conference, woohoo, and I'm in my room and it's virtual. Yeah, but that was that was quick. And we Massive. know with digital, wow. you start with digital really bad. Like, you know, when you first do your, your foray into digital. So for anyone listening to this who's just starting, get over it. It's never going to be perfect, especially to start with. So you start digital really bad. Then you're bad, yeah? Then you're okay. Then you're good. And then you're really good. That takes time. So you didn't do that in yes. an hour and a half and go, right, let's go through really bad to bad to good. You'd invested. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I wanted the first thing I want to pick up, not just to the investment, but also with your social media, it's it's different. So you've invested a lot in social. You have people who follow you. Um, the to, to draw someone parallel, you're not him at all. You've got shades of him, but the Gary Viachuk, the vicarious learning through you. So I've noticed that, Kerwin, and, and it's obviously something you've consciously thought about. Rather than curating or we often produce content, hey, look at yes. my wonderful life. Uh, you obviously got to a stage way back so you could future-proof a move quick, both on social and with events. So I'm going, hey, just follow me around. This is me. This is raw. Well, do you know how that happened? And this happened before, obviously it was as a result of advice that I've been given, but as a natural consequence, it got, it, it happened because I didn't have the time in my schedule to sit down and create content. And so mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, the easiest way that this is going to happen is if, if everyone just, if one dude just follows me with a camera, you film everything I do. And I say at least once or twice a day, I'm going to say something's bunny and I'm going to say something smart. So as long as you get that, you know, we should be good. And my hit rate, you know, I can normally do, and this is where the content our content strategy is quite unique. So it's, it's, it's modeled off Gary Vaynerchuk and it's the pillar methodology whereby we create these big documentary style pieces and by, by documentary style, it could be 20 minutes, you know, and then what we do a pillar piece of content, like a podcast, like a vlog, and then we break it down into smaller videos. Uh, and that becomes our distribution method and our distribution model. And mm. yeah, it's worked really well. So I've, I've left an open loop there. I want to try and bring it together. That sure. strategy that you had to future proof was going out and doing that on social. So you learned about videography and audio and cutting stuff up and Correct. getting messages yeah. and running parallel with that, you're running events. Do you think those two things dovetailed and that's what allowed you to actually make that shift in March? Or was it was there even more planning than that? 
Look, who knows? I, I honestly think the reason I was able to move so quickly is because I had the information and I was, I was prepared. You know, I had a plan. I knew exactly what I was going to do on January 24th. You know, this is like still, you know, six weeks, eight, well, no more, two months before, before shutdown. And I, this is actually a really interesting segue. And this might, I don't know if this is going to benefit anyone, but I, I saw so much value in the process of gathering data mm -hmm. that I actually opened or created. And I don't know if I told you this, Andrew, an intelligence division within the company. No, I didn't and so what that initially looked like, actually, this is going to help pair well with the story because when this event was going on up until that point, I was spending eight hours a day, a day consuming media. Um, you know, uh, above the line, below the line media. And when the event happened, I was like, I don't have the time to be watching press briefings and, you know, everything else. And so I employed four people, two within my team and two VAs, and their job was to 24 hours a day. And they did this for three, four weeks solid, uh, was to produce a report every hour on the hour of what was happening and where the outbreaks were happening and what was happening and what were the government's response to the outbreaks and their styles of lockdown. And so as a result, you know, I had four people 24 hours a day. It was at start of every hour, I think it was for the, no, that was the first four days every hour. And then went back to four times a day. Um, and now it's back to just once a day. But to give you context, we've gone from having four people in the intelligence team. We now have two, but it's led by, you know, someone who was 20 years special operations, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, you know, signals intelligence. So someone who's a proper, you know, 20 year veteran as an intelligence officer in combat, in combat experiences and high, high stakes stuff now runs our intelligence division, whereby we produce an intelligence report every single day based on geo COVID, uh, geopolitical, geo military, geo business, geo finance, and a little bit of other stuff kind of thrown in there. Oh, geo military. Yeah. The con but we also look at hot, hotspot conflict. Um, and can deep dive into any particular subject matter where we go, oh, okay, something's popping up here. And this kind of extends itself to the importance of having good information, make good decisions. And the reason that we were able to adapt so fast, yes, it was the intersection of many things coming together, but I just had good, good information. And that's what intelligence is. How do you gather information? It's not just information. It's information that actually helps you make better decisions. Mm. Now we're actually producing, and I'm, it's a little bit early here, but it's in beta right now. This service, I've now started giving it to my clients every single day, giving them the intelligence brief and they're losing their minds because they're going, oh my God, we're getting access to information. Because when you consider the amount of, and this is the part that really landed for me, when you consider the amount of time that we spend consuming information to make decisions, it's most people it's either not enough or it's too much. For me, eight hours a day, way too much. Okay. How do you Whereas have a life get, and a family and... And run, a, and run a business. Do you sleep? At the same time. Whereas I get a 15 minute brief at the end of every day that is essentially captured from, you know, 24 hours of research, but not just lamestream mainstream. I'm talking across the board, solid, credible intelligence sources, credible information sources, not, not mainstream media in every scenario. And so as a result, every morning I can wake up, I've got all the information. Okay. And I can make really good decisions. Mm. And that's the difference between information and intelligence. Information is, it's, it's, it's unverified, it's uncredible. You don't know where it's come from. Intelligence is verified, it's credible. And so it's created this, not only this new division, but it's a, a product that's now in beta that we're probably going to release at some point. Because I just didn't realize it was going to be so popular. Because it's gone from how do you take eight hours of surfing information and get 15 minutes of pure and Distributing and doing the hard work for others so they oh, can get the nuggets. Man, it's, it's real information. There's a geo you've, you've missed off the conversation. There's another Geo I want to add to your list. Which one? Geo Chill. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Byron Bay, man. I, am I know. In geo no, chill I was just wondering, where was your intelligence to uh, 
go to Byron Bay oh, to get a Byron. Well, I also knew Byron. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Look, there's a lot, there's a range of stories, but there's there's a few reasons for Byron. I knew Byron was going to be uh, what a safe stories spot can you tell us in the public domain? Come on, start with those ones. Uh, well, first of all, I knew it wasn't going to necessarily get well early stage. I didn't think it was going to get hotspot status because it was regional. I knew as a regional centre, it wasn't going to get shut down. Uh, I knew that the lockdown was going to go for at least nine to eighteen months, and so I was telling all my clients, wherever you want to be for the next nine to eighteen months, go there now. And this is before this is two and a half weeks before lockdown. I said, because when lockdown happens, it'll be fast. It could be slow. It could be fast, but you want to be wherever you want to be for the next nine to 18 months. And I just thought about it. I was like, you know what? I've wanted to move to Byron Bay for 20 years. You know, it's protected in so many ways from everything from nuclear fallout to, you know, a range of different things. And uh, as a result, I was just like, stuff it. I've been wanting to move here for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I'm moving to Byron. And so that was the main driver behind that. So, but I also knew... It's very safe. It's regional. It doesn't get shut down. You're going to be able to move freely. Beautiful place. But yeah. not only did you But I just knew the cities were going to get locked down and you wouldn't have been able to move around. Yeah. So I just, and that to me is like nightmare. Hey, it's Andrew and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.